Alright, welcome back to another edition of Write the Radio. It is December 8th. Eighth. Yeah, December 8th. I'm Matt Maritza. Al Horford Day. Yes, yeah. Al Horford Day. Officially <laughs> Al Horford Day, as Woo-hoo. Rob Manoff is incredibly excited to talk about. And it's also Jalen Hurts Day, and we're definitely going to let Bobby Dubs take a load <laughs> at that one. But we have our special guest today, our first in-studio guest. Uh, we're really happy, honored, excited to have Brian Doherty with us here today oh. at the Yellow Seats. For those of you that follow along on Twitter. On Twitter, yes. It's an homage to the old veteran stadium, yellow seats, up the, where you could pay a dollar to get in to see a game back when I was a young lad. So, or climb the fence and jump over. It's a lot easier <laughs> <Yeah>. to do that. <laughs> uh, I guess you're going to talk about the stuff I wrote about the most. Yeah, uh, we would love to get a handle on you know the the Louis blog and you know sort of your individual view on, on the sports because you spend uh, especially in our group chat a lot of what you do is either educating us or talking about the gosh dang conflabbit phone. <laughs> the phone, on my fa- well, I got what you call wide fingers. Yeah. Don't use that fat word too much. So, yeah. <laughs> so the phone can kind of. Be a little tricky. Um, also, with uh, Louis Body Dementia, you got me on a good day. So, it's uh, for people that don't know, it is the second most common dementia in the world and in our country. Uh, follow, and just follows Alzheimer's. Uh, over 1.6 million people have it in the U.S. right now. Um, and the reason why it doesn't get diagnosed properly is mainly doctors don't know what they're looking at. They think it's Alzheimer's, but then things change, and they don't know what they're dealing with. And um, Sometimes it kind of mimics uh, Parkinson's, right? Par- you were saying that? Parkinson's is part of it. Uh, it's actually under the umbrella of the Lewy body, the Parkinson's disease and their Parkinson's di- disease dementia. Um, I have it. I get very f- – you can ask Matt. I was a little – take a little bit of time walking uh, from the elevator around the corner. But it's just a um, – it's a, it's a tough day-to-day thing because you don't know what to expect. It keeps you on your toes. You can have different symptoms on different days. The sy- list of symptoms is in the 20s, how many mm-hmm. symptoms are. Um, it affects your whole auto. Um, Immune? No. Auto. Autonomic nervous autonomic, system? That's it. Autonomic <laughs> nervous system. You're a doctor, Matt. No. Okay, no, he just what? watches one on TV. No, seven concussions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I might have read one of my, my articles. Never know. Autonomic nervous system, which controls most of the things you do. Um, controls all your bladder and the other end functions. And <laughs> trying to be polite, I know we're yeah. we're at an explicit. We have the explicit tag on our <laughs> on our page, but you know, I'm trying to be a little polite here. It's, it's not family know. programming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not PG thirteen at all. It's not safe for the workplace, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you work. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, and that also it can affect my taste, my smell. Um, there's days when I. Just don't know anything at all. I can't remember anything. My wife keeps all the appointments in her phone. God bless her, or else I would never know where mm-hmm. I'm going. Um, the the other thing is I not here, but at home I can see up to like five more people in the house that aren't there. You know, I got I got a real dog who's great brewer, but there's two other animals that are like pets running around the house that aren't there. So it it can be really tricky. You know. Um, my worst time is going to bed. I hate going to bed because I'm lying there, you know, and there's things that aren't there moving around, spiders that are the size of this table crossing the, you know, the, t- the thing. It's just – it can be very frustrating when you're mm-hmm. – you don't know what's going on and you um, waking your wife up out of a sound sleep to tell her that you're going crazy, you know, so. Um, this is this is not funny. But you, you just described like six years in my mid-20s for me. Uh, I'm bringing back my my <laughs> yeah. times then too. It's not Louis Demar didn't mention yeah. it was. Uh, but we had, we had much. We had much, making me do that. Though. <laughs> we had, we had much better artificial means of uh, of getting high back in those days. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, not, not to make jokes of this, but no, I you know. I'm, to be honest, I in my life there wasn't anything I didn't um, use up my nose or up in another way. So 
the uh, let's get back to on, on course. You're driving me down a different lane there, Mr. Manoff. Welcome to Right the Radio. It will go that way. Um, but it, it gets sometimes it gets to the point where you get so depressed that you don't even want to be around anymore. That's what happened to Robin Williams. Robin mm-hmm. Williams suffered from this. Um, uh, Ted Turner has it. He's still with us. There's a, there's a quite a few that are coming out now that they've gone back and looked at their symptoms and, and have re-diagnosed what they died of. Um, Estelle Getty that was on the, what was it, the Golden, Golden Girls? Girls. Yeah, yep. she, they, she just came out. With, they just came out. She had it before she died. Um, Tom Seaver had it before mm-hmm. he died. Because um, you don't die of this. You die of the symptoms of it. You die of, you know, seeing all the stupid things running around your house. And you, you know, or you just, it just, end. It's kind of like, it's weird. So I don't talk about that. I just get up, I plug through every day, keep on going, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. So, you know what's crazy? And I'm going to praise you right now, and I don't praise anyone. Um, so, we know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, I, I follow the group chat, man. Right? Where, where? <laughs> the ability to put that out there, like, write about it for real, like, I can sit here and I'll tell you guys, like, and I'll put it out on social media, like, I struggle with depression and PTSD, but if I had to detail, oh, hey, I didn't sleep last night, you know, because I had three nightmares, like, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do that, put that kind of stuff out in public. Uh, Consistent, I, consistently, I wouldn't. I, I, try and keep really it, cool. I try and keep it light, and I also try and make it informative for people that don't have it, or um, for the caregivers out there that are struggling with the um, helping part of this um I hear me I'm in and pausing a lot I I never had to do that before this happened I was always uh, Irishman with the gift of gab so mm-hmm. um the, the the more people that know something the better off it is um I'm very transparent about my life so uh, the ups the downs the in-betweens and this is one of the it, it's a down, but I'm trying to turn it into an up so that I can help other people with it. So. Mm-hmm. Sharing everything anything for the publicity for today's show, I made sure to include how inspirational what Doc does with his piece, with, you know, travels with Louie, is to not just us that are around him, that write with him, that contact him, you know, mm-hmm. via text or what may you on a regular basis, but anybody that gets a chance to read what he puts out is just truly inspirational that you can you can have something that afflicts you and you you keep on moving. That's not going to stop me. And you got to know how inspirational you are, Doc. We love you for it. Yeah. Thanks, Doff. Thank you. I, yeah. you know, I just tried it. That's all, that's, all, that's all I tried to do is to um, put out good stuff and, and people read it. Plus, I really like the, uh, the old school stories about 4444, flyers, parades, and all that time that I really wish I was alive when our sports didn't suck. <laughs> those times I was only a teenager, and well, let's just say I wasn't exactly drinking Coke. Those, yeah. <laughs> I <heard> that. <laughs> now the the Louis Body Blog always, as always, is on Last Out Media Network, where we house all of our writings. Uh, it's been picked up by your alma mater, the St. Joe's Prep, it has. Uh, with their newsletter. Shout out to the prep. Let's go varsity two hockey team. <laughs> oh, and two, but you know, we've had a tough run with practices. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> hey, it was Matt with the hockey plug. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, got to support the guys, right? Now, you've also told us, we've, we've mentioned your stories, uh, a ton of stories, and you're connected, especially through basketball, to. I mean, nearly everything that's gone on with the the Sixers, with the colleges, in some way, shape, or form. Do you have maybe a favorite story or a favorite tale that you like to talk about that's like a quintessential Philly basketball story to you? Well, one I I tell a lot is um, when I was in college, I was in St. Joe's, uh, the Sixers practice at St. Joe's. And right next door to the St. Joe's is a – School called Samuel Gompers. It's a you know public school, Philadelphia public school, and a bunch of kids would come over and try and get autographs. This day, you know, I think because they had the back door open for air. It wasn't mm-hmm. exactly the most you know air conditioned auditorium in the, in the world. Um, and this one little boy came in and 
uh, Julius was sitting, Julius Irving was sitting on the sidelines. And he said, hey, Doc, can I get your autograph? And Doc got up and said, no, walked away. Right? <laughs> the kid, I mean, Julius Irving was famous for giving an autograph out to dogs and cats if they come mm-hmm. up in the nest room. So he, he would give anybody an autograph. So he, about a minute later, he walks back to the little boy. He says, now, son, if you learn how to ask pr- politely, I'll be happy to give you an autograph. And the boy walks over and says, excuse me, Mr. Irving, may I please have your autograph? He goes, come over here. And they sat down. He signed a book for him. He talked to the kid for like 20 minutes. And that was, I mean, if you're like an eight, nine year old kid, that's your memory for the rest of your life. That's like a, you know, mm-hmm. and it's also a good thing that Julius does that stuff like that because kids don't learn anything in school about that kind of stuff. The teachers are all just a, all right, I got you in first grade. I don't want you back. So I'm going to push you on to second grade now. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I see that my kids go to public school. I see that, so it's not. Yeah, yeah. My wife mm-hmm. teaches second grade, so I, I, you, you understand. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what it is. This is a D student. Well, he's going to be C by the end of the year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just it's hard though. I mean, teachers. I, I give them all the credit in the world. It's very hard to. Be, I wouldn't want to be a teacher. I teach my own two kids stuff. You know, when my dad taught me, my dad had a shillelagh, and he would. Uh, Black is with a shillelagh or a, or a blackthorn. You know what a black? Yeah. Everybody know what a blackthorn is. So it came like that, but it's got all these thorns on it coming out. Can swim off the blackthorn tree, and the thorns Ooh. stayed on there. He, would, if we did something really bad, I was ripped the back of your shirt with that. Ooh. Yeah. So. I haven't heard shillelagh yeah. since since somebody talked about Finley. Fin- the, Finley, Finley, I was yeah. right there. We were right there. I was like, yeah. I've never well, heard that word. Never yeah. heard that word. Yeah, Finley oh, like, used to bring one to the ring when he wrestled, and he would yeah. whack his opponent with it. Oh shoot. yeah, they're they're heavy I'm man. Finley, and yeah. I love to fight. <laughs> they're they're heavy pieces of uh, pieces of wood. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, getting back to your point, teaching is so difficult. My my sister, when she was pursuing, you know, figure skating, right? She was like a nationally ranked pair skater, and then she was nationally ranked singles. So she was skating at the rink every day, all the time, as much as she could. Her and like three or four other kids from the rink who were all sort of on that same path were all getting homeschooled by the, the parents. So they're trying to teach, you know, two or three kids in their kitchen, you know, while they're basically learning these subjects on the fly. And you figure a teacher's got to basically relearn everything anyway, especially if they're you know, not experienced. Like, take somebody who went to school for English, all of a sudden they're a math teacher because of you know certain constraints. It's it's so difficult, and you got to admire the people who get into that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I, I I started. I don't know if I mentioned it on episode one. Like my original, what I went to school for was. Elementary education, early childhood education. Mm-hmm. I taught preschool for uh, several years, and just being in that, like in that setting, is where I met my wife. She was a teacher, I was a teacher, and you know we kind of hit it off, and the rest is history. But just being in that setting and having to go through what you have to go through, the relationships you make, the especially in my uh, field and in, in my situation, being a male in that setting, I'm outnumbered. I'm out mm-hmm. now. 30 to 1 by the female staff. Yeah. I've been in many situations where I'm the only male teacher. The parents look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what is this, you know, like this young black kid doing here? Like, why would this be something he want to do? But you realize you get to be uh, a positive role model for these youth because this might be the only positive black male they see in their day all day long. They go home and their dad's not there. They're living with their mom and grandma and aunties and there aren't really any males there. And then they see... Mr. Bobby every day, he's he's always dressed nice. He sound he sounds smart anyway, <laughs> and you know it, it just gives them like all right, I can I can be something. I got something mm-hmm. to shoot for. If he can do it, I can do it. So it's always important, to, you know, to big up the teachers and, and really realize what they do on a day in a day out basis. I know personally with my wife, just the amount of funds we spent just outside of whatever budget they try to give you which mm-hmm. never is enough i've bought sneakers for kids in her class i've bought food for kids in her class i've paid for trips for kids in her class that couldn't afford to go on the trip it's more than just being there having that eight hours or whatever the day sitting in the classroom it's so much more than that so big up to the teachers mama mr mr bobby taught us the the eagles fight song today exactly <laughs> i can't teach worth a shit <laughs> 
like um teach people what not to do no 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 yeah. like so like if i if i got out there with kids on a basketball court i think i can show them through some things mm-hmm. but the only time i've actually had or had to teach was when, when we worked jet so we, we i never worked at jet alone so you don't work jet alone so you usually go out with one or two people when you have young kids come back they roll they leaned on us to go teach them um and either these young kids wouldn't get what I was saying, which makes sense because most people don't get sometimes when I talk, or they weren't <laughs> listening to me. No. And my patience would be five minutes to the point where I just throw the book at them and say, you guys fucking figure it out. Yeah. Go ahead. Say, Jump in jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you know what? In some cases, it actually worked because some of the kids kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cases... I was staying after work to fix chats. <laughs> and patience is key with that. Mm-hmm. Patience, you know, fix patience. Yeah. So, um, especially dude, teachers in COVID right now, I don't understand how anybody's doing anything because it's crazy. How could, if your school was closed, how are you homeschooling your kids and teaching a zoom class while your husband's at work or wife's at work or your significant other? So like, everyone's or they're working from home like none exactly. of this makes like sense my, how people are actually operating in this world like, exactly. like my <laughs> wife's lucky wild. like i'm at home during the day while she's teaching her class so mm-hmm. i can deal with our girls and run back and forth between each one of their class while they're sitting at the computer making sure they're staying on task but i could imagine if i wasn't there and she had to try to do both well, it's impossible you know how hard it is it must be entirely hard for teachers to get kids to pay attention in class, let alone when they're at home. Oh, yeah. Unless they're your daughter who just, like, lays in yeah. bed and watches class yeah, all day. You saw it, like, literally. She was laying in bed, that right there. You're like, yeah, this yeah. is as far as it's It going. makes me so angry. You have to have a good parent that goes around and picks up the kids' phones and the, uh, the tablet they're not supposed to be using and walks away with them and says... Yeah, yeah. I, I have to hide Madison's yeah. TV remote or also watch the TV and be on the computer at the same time. Exactly. Once you get to, like, 12 or 13... Uh, they're all cheating on the tests. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, they've oh, all got their phones, like, propped up on their leg, and they're leaning back. And Matt, hilarious story. This just happened today. My wife is going over. She's doing history, and she's talking about uh, the Statue of Liberty and the American flag. She's like, mm-hmm. what does the American flag mean to you? Why is it important? And this kid had this long-winded diatribe. <laughs> And she was like, tell me the truth. You went and Googled that, didn't you? She teaches second grade, so there's mm-hmm. seven. She's like, yeah, I Googled it. Because it was like, <laughs> I believe that the flag is a, is a firmament of our patriotic nature. And that we love our country. <laughs> and it's our fierce heroicism. Like, it was super like, there's no way the seven-year-old wrote this at all. And she was like, you Googled that, didn't you? She's like, yeah, I Googled it. <laughs> hey, Doc, before shit gets weird. Oh, that's I, already happened. Yeah. Too close. late. One, one more thing. <laughs> so uh, what's pretty cool is, um, especially with the older guys, I'm going to call you old. Um, you guys got a lot of stories. I like stories. Um, one one that really stuck out recently, you coached Frank Vogel, right? I coached Frank right. Vogel. I did. NBA well, champion head coach, coach Frank, Frank Vogel. Vogel. Yeah. We went to the state championship, and we lost to um, a team that was led by um, – my guy, I keep forgetting his name. His dad coached at Temple back then. Not a, not head coach, assistant coach. But he played for Houston Rockets, a good shooter. Back in James year. Harden. No. <laughs> Steve Francis. <laughs> no, it was, skinny, it was a skinny white kid. What the heck was his name? Mahoney? Maloney? Maloney. Matt Maloney. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we scouted them, he wasn't out on the court at all. He must have been sick. Like, we would. Oh, wow. <laughs> New Jersey. The way to play us up, if you have a 500 record or better, you make the state tournament. Mm-hmm. So we knew who our line was because of our record. So we go and we watch Rancocas Valley. And this this young kid, Frank Vogel. They had Alonzo Spellman, if you guys remember that yeah. name. Chicago yeah. Bears, they went nuts oh, on yeah. the airplane, all that yep. stuff. You know, he's their center. Here's their play. The only play they had all game. Dribble down to the key, to the to the key or to the the hash mark, give it to Alonzo at the top of the key. He takes one dribble and dunks. That was their only play. That was it. Because everybody got out of the guy. The guy was 6'7", not an ounce of fat on him. You know, yeah. you know? So the kid Vogel, he's like, I'll have him out in the first quarter. And he's like, I'll just stand there and take the fouls. And he did, but he never got touched. Oh, man. He just, as he's coming, he's grabbing his, 
he's nuts and he's going, he's falling backwards. <laughs> so we beat them. We go Maloney when we scouted, we scouted Haddonfield. He he didn't play. We scouted him twice. We didn't see him. He comes in. He crosses half court. Toosh. Starts running the other way. It's in the, it's in the basket. You know, he's like, you know, oh man. <laughs> he just it was automatic. It was just like we put a betting the kid betting line for him. He was about six four. He could jump and and hit the top of the backboard. So he'd do whoop, he'd jump and dribble, <laughs> start running the other way. <laughs> it was just that's uh, cool. That was I mean, but Frank's a great kid, great guy. Now, I mean, and he he just I saw the article where they're backed on the court, and uh, he really got um, LeBron to to sign on to his way. And that's what yeah. got him in the championship. Yeah. You know, Frank is a great basketball mind. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, see, yeah. I, that, that's cool. I mean, as much as, uh, you know, like I like to hate on people, those are the type of stories I really like to hear. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we, one day I could tell cool stories like that, but, you know, it's told, not just blocking Brian Westbrook. He told me when he was, just, <laughs> he, told me when he, was when he was a sophomore, he was going to be in, he was going to make the pro basketballs, right, be a basketball. He didn't say player, he was going to be in pro basketball. So I did this, you know, funnel thing. Only you guys played, you know, just this many high schools, this many colleges, yeah. this many pros. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Going yeah, to a funnel. Yeah. And he's like, I, don't worry about that. I'll be in a pros. He was on when he's eight years old. He's on David Letterman's Stupid Human Tricks. Bound, you can Google it. It's on there. He's balancing balls on toothbrushes and different parts of his body. Oh, it's wow. pretty cool. And then, um, so he did that. And then we were talking. Who's who's the favorite guy had a, as a coach? seen in a clinic. I told him Patino. I said, Patino told me how to scare a jump shooter away. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you run at the jump shooter and you put your hand down and you just touch his breast, touch the right center of his chest. Don't hit him, don't push him, just touch. You got his, now you got in the guy's head for the next three or four shots that you're right there with him. And then after about the fourth shot, you do it again. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. you don't push him. You know, he's, that's cool. So he, he wasn't a great player, but he was, he was a good player. And he um, went, Went to a small college up here. I forget the name of it. And then he uh, he called Patino. He wrote to Patino, sent him tapes from when he played, and sent him uh, the stupid human tricks tape. And Patino sent him back a scholarship to come out and run his, his audio video stuff for for. Him. Then when Patino made the pros, um, Frank would watch his house for him. He would get all his suits, get his. I mean, it was co- it was cool shit. I mean, to be able to do that was you know. Now he's an NBA champion. Yep, <laughs> and now I think things are going to get weird. Um, Matt, you're where are we going? Where are we going first? Are we, are we going to Alabama? Are we going to lightly touch each other in the chest? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, 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 bro, is that the next I, thing? I didn't come here for that. Now I'm just don't push him hard. Lightly touch. <laughs> that that's such like an interesting tip, though. Cause, exactly. I mean, I think about playing hockey. I had all of my own tricks to try to mess with somebody, you know, in, in front of the net. Yeah, and I mean just. Tapping someone on the chest like that—that <laughs> that would be so odd. But think we, about a jump shooter. I, I would be, I would be frozen. Yeah, a jump shooter's got a rhythm, and if, if he's doing he's doing like that, and he just feels that little that little thing like that. Like what the fuck just happened? You know? We, yeah. <laughs> we used like, to practice like that. So we'd actually in pickle games and practices and all. Um, if we didn't get a hand up, we would just slap you in the stomach, just just to kind of throw you off a little bit. So you're trying. But that's to learn a foul though in a game. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> but if you can shoot through that, you know, you can shoot through a light tap or a light, you know what I mean? So if you, you think you're open and that guy's running at you and he's still three feet away and you get that shot off and as you're coming down, you feel just a little, I'm here. I got you. I'm, you know, you're, you know. I always like, like putting my hand right, right, right near their elbow, but not actually touching it. And anytime you get near a shooter's elbow, he gets all freaked out. Just to let you guys know. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, go yeah. ahead. So do we have Ashley on the phone? Yeah. All right. Ashley, how you doing? Or not. Ashley, I jumped <laughs> the gun. Oh. I sorry. No, I was <laughs> muted. That was <laughs> She's there. She she muted. Yeah, as everybody remembers, Ashley Woods from uh, Alabama. Yeah, from, from Alabama. Alabama from our previous episodes. She is here to Presumably, stand for Carson Wentz or give us the inside <laughs> scoop on Jalen Hurts. Fame. I'm not sure. I think you guys organize this without me. From last night's fame, <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you read your feed last night on your phone? Come on now. Not too much. Exactly. <laughs> I got lost. No, no, that's right. Matt came in. He was 138 messages behind. Yeah. He was already. He was out of the loop. 
I went to yes, the bathroom. I, I was twenty behind. Come on now. <laughs> I, was, I was fired up. I'm sorry, guys. John put us on punishment. No, 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 no. Don't worry about John. Yeah. All right. I created my own group. John's not invited. If he starts crying, <laughs> no he starts, if he starts crying about message limits again, I'll just we'll all just go to our own group. All right. New club. There. No John. We're allowed no to have one. <laughs> JB. So Ashley. Hello. Hi. You're gonna yeah. keep. You would keep playing Carson. And at this point of the season, I would. Um, we're going up against a really, really tough Saints team. I mean, a top five defense. Their offense is rolling even without Drew Brees. Basically, a gadget player playing at quarterback. Well, so, hold on now. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, I'm gonna say rolling here. Are, are we? Are we? Are we sneaking in shots at my boy Taysom Hill? <laughs> you it's might be the shot. only person, media-wise, that I've media podcast football mm-hmm. player that I've heard say my boy Taysom Hill. <laughs> I think most people like despise Taysom Hill and the way he's used and how people think yeah, he's so yeah. great. You're just, on a hill with that Taysom Hill. <laughs> Does I, he does he like match his shoes and shirt too? Is that why you like him? Look, I don't know why. I have a I have a weird affinity for white skill position players that come out of BYU. Uh, I, I just think that. they they have such a disadvantage. <laughs> but That's I mean, I, he's he's fun to watch. I don't understand why anybody hates you know when, when Taysom Hill's on the field because you he, take Drew Brees off the field. Drew for Taysom Hill. Eleven broken ribs took Drew Brees off the field. No, no, no. I mean before. I mean before. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Carson Wentz. <laughs> As you were. Ash. Anyway, yes, Carson, Jalen, that whole debacle. Speaking of, yes. I'm gonna so, I'm gonna put this out there too, just because. What what year of school are you in? Me, I am a junior at the University of Alabama. So, so you watched Jalen Hurts. Um, I have. So you're you're His probably better known knowing about him than. Most of us. So, just so if anybody listens to this, hopefully somebody listens to this. Um, Ashley has actually covered, followed Jalen Hurts through his career. So, you watch college football, you should know who Jalen Hurts is. You don't. No. What's the matter with you? I got things to do on Saturday. <laughs> I don't. I don't need. To, I don't need to see a bunch of people out there running an option four or five times. I I don't have I don't have like a college football team I like I um I spent the majority of my youth on Saturday mornings and Saturday afternoons on a basketball court. Hmm. Okay. So I never really got into it, you know. The That's Eagles it. you can get into because like the Eagles are my team, you know. Okay. Well, back to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yes. Carson Wentz. So. When I saw the news, I I really wasn't all that shocked because the way that Doug Friesen handled the press conferences on Sunday and Monday, I really wasn't surprised that he was going to lean forward starting Jalen against the state. My issue is that you're throwing a rookie QB who has had limited staffs throughout the season into a basically must-win game if we want to still go out and win a division. Now, that means the Washington football team and the Giants have to absolutely just tank and then we have to win out <laughs> in order for us to even have a shot of doing that. But you're throwing him into the situation where it's a lose-lose situation. I mean, even if Jalen does do well, and I hope he does do well, because at the end of the day, I wish nothing for the, but the best for any player that puts on an Eagles uniform. But he's expected to save this season and honestly his track record outside of the 2018 sec title game of saving a season or coming in into like a dire situation and winning the game being that clutch guy to handle it all is not the greatest i mean dude was pulled out for tua and tua only played about 70 to 80 snaps yeah he had before uh... that now I, I looked it up. He had 77 attempts. He had made like 49 completions against, you know, uh, uh, such college luminaries as <laughs> Fresno State. And he jumped in in like a 53 to nothing drubbing of Vanderbilt, right? Before he was, you know, infamous, infamously inserted 
for uh, Jalen Hurts. And a lot of people were not a fan of Nick Saban doing that decision. They wanted Jalen to keep playing. They wanted Jalen to fight through it and to be able to beat Georgia because of what had happened two seasons prior against Clemson. The same situation where we Jalen's in a big game, he gets outclassed by the Clemson team and outclassed by Deshaun Watson. So now you're expecting him to do something that he has never really consistently done in his career. And quite frankly, he was in a way better situation in 2017 and 2018 here in Tuscaloosa than he is in Philly right now. He had all-star caliber, NFL caliber talent around him. Arguably the best college coach coaching him and Sarkeesian as your offensive coordinator. You cannot get much better than that in college football. He has none of that here. Well, just having an offensive coordinator alone, he literally does not have an offensive coordinator. Means he's better. (laughs) We can get Alabama's line to come to Philadelphia. That would be really nice if they come and (laughs) play in Philadelphia. Maybe, maybe CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs at wideout. Actually, I'll tell you this though. um, Going back to the group chat, I think this is where me and you see the disconnect. I don't think anyone thinks Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, or anybody in the NFL right now is saving the Eagles season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get the sense that Jalen Hurts is just a, a fresh thing to talk about and makes the team interesting for a couple weeks, and you see what you got. So maybe that's where me and you kind of differ when we, we think about what's happening. And I agree with uh, my my fellow Rob here. That's what I put in my piece, which is out on lastmedia.com. Uh, That's lastoutmedia.com. You can go read that. But I put in there that this move signals that they've chalked it. It's over. It's mm-hmm. a wrap for them doing anything this year. They've given that up. This is, let's see what he can do. Can we go with him moving forward? But any thought of them winning this division or even getting close to vying for winning this division is said and done the minute Carson Wentz left the field. They've given that dream up. That's over with. So my whole notion in in my piece was that this move signals they've thrown their hands up. And uh, This one's a wrap. I'll piggyback on another thing we talked about, Ashley, is you're right. I've been completely checked out for weeks because this team is awful. (laughs) and He's been completely plugged into Sixers Twitter. It's not even fun watching them anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can wake up on Sunday and it's a – yes. Like, like if it's not a nighttime game, I literally don't want to watch them. And – you can figure out why it's easier for me to watch them at night. Oh, I, 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 I definitely got you. The last game took five, six shots at Pinnacle for me to there and uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Now, I, I know you guys just just get to know me, but I've been saying this about Carson Wentz since they drafted him that you don't take a guy from Fresno State that or South South North Dakota State. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm seat. sorry. Is it That's one. Of, that is a symptom. I get names wrong, so I no, apologize. No matter. But don't matter. Matter. North Dakota State. With the second pick in the draft and give them a big contract when they played the likes of Pepperdine and, you know, they don't they didn't play any Oklahomas or Alabamas or Clemsons or Georgias. No. Not I mean at all. So a guy like that is just gonna get some easy reps. Um, I think Jalen would be better, but I'm not a fan of either one of them being the starter for the Eagles, to be honest with you. I think Jalen might be better not- in the long run, but not not right away. And my to, issue with yeah. the whole, go ahead, oh, Ashley. Sorry, no. no you, my with the whole take about uh, like it makes the team interesting for like a couple weeks or so. Like I understand that it, Eagles Twitter is going off right now with everything, and like social media, sports social media is going off right now. Half of Tuscaloosa is excited. The other half that I'm a part of is kind of just like, well, maybe this works. But the thing is that even if we're losing, like we happened, we were still talked about. Like people, sports shows took out like 20-minute chunks just to sit there and berate the Eagles. This whole, we're going to get talked about whether we're winning, whether we're losing, whether we're tying. Because that's just, people just love to crap on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the whole narrative. I think 
in the long run, it could this could be beneficial for Carson to get a mental reset to really, really get his body healed. I mean, like he's still taking like 50 or so sacks. I'm not entirely sure on that number, but he's been hit a lot in 12 weeks. How that much does, he, he's, that been, does he's been hit about 110 times exactly. so far this season and sacked around 50. 50. Do you guys think that it, it's possible that this decision finally came? Now, I know like Doug Peterson says he doesn't talk to Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson says Which a lot of things. Which is absurd. He says a lot of things yeah, in the press conference. And no I'm, damn not, sense. I'm not entirely sure he's has the wherewithal to sit in front of uh, like under that kind of pressure and let me not judge him, but Doug is He's somebody. A buffoon, no, bro. no, no. Well, look, no, well, let's, just, let's just think about this before I go off the tangent. Doug, Doug is a devout Christian. Um, he, he's very, he's into morals and stuff. And one moral thing is not lying, right? So when you, when things are going bad and you're being hounded by, you know, Jeff McLean or somebody like that about who your starter is, you, you, you as a football coach, you, you're supposed to lie. Like yeah. you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to leave that kind of stuff in house, and you're supposed to go out in the media and say well, Carson's my quarterback. Carson's a starter. But at what point, especially when you're you're supposed to perform under pressure that quickly, does Doug's morals kick in and go, "Well, he's my starter today." <laughs> then he should be because, co- he should be coaching at Texas Christian University. Yeah, then, but the thing is, he was the starter as of Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like. And I don't blame him for that, but um, I also don't know where I was going. God is not going to send him to hell yeah. for saying he's, that Carson's his quarterback this week. Well, I'm not saying. Yeah. I, I don't, so, it's I, just yeah. a theory. I have, oh, if that's you say, because he's Christian and he can't lie. Where I was yeah. going with this is, what is, is, there, is I'd there argue any, Carson's more Christian. Is there any chance they came to Carson and Carson's like, dude, I'm done for the season? Like, I know there's a competitive fire for everyone, but there's also a point where you're continually getting beat up for no good reason. And you're like, dude, I need to reset. And he can accept it now, you know? like That doesn't sound like Carson yeah. to me. I mean, the guy who was screaming at Press Taylor on the sideline, the first time we've really seen him get angry. I don't, I don't think yeah. Carson has ever been right since he took that hit in the playoff game and they brought him to the back and he didn't know what his wife, he couldn't say his wife's name or recognize her face. That scared the bejesus out of him and he has never been the same, ever. And he won't be the same until he gets past that mental hurdle. And for him, he may have checked out. The worst thing about this entire situation, even with him, even if you think he has the ability to get over this and go back in the right direction, it's such a mess financially that you you can't even say, all right, we'll wash our hands of this because who's giving anybody $34 million to not play football for you? He ain't bouncing back here. <laughs> so you, you guys literally have no choice but to ride this thing out until at least he you no longer owe him money. Mark Helfel. And then by then, your your team is absolutely horrible, again. and you're picking at the top of the draft. Hey, Ashley, I have a quick question. Um, from from you watching, do you think Jalen Hurts can be an NFL quarterback? I think he can, but he needs to become better in the pocket. Um, and you kind of saw some improvement in Oklahoma where they – tried to make him become more of a dual threat QB where they allowed him to use his leg and then allowed him to throw from the pocket. Granted, he went against Big 12 defenses, so it's really not that hard to have good-looking passing stats against Big 12 defenses. Um, <laughs> so, and at Alabama, he was strictly like, he's a running QB. Like, yeah, he's good in the pocket, but his ability to run is like his primary like game. And that's who he is. That's who Jalen Hurts is. So I think in order for him to become a true starter in this league, he needs to develop the passing game. And you kind of saw with the whole, you know, the pass to Greg Ward and then the pass to Rager down the sideline, that was 30-plus yards in the air. And you're like, wow, he can make throws. But there's also a throw, Travis Fulgham down the sideline, where he threw it just a little bit too high. And, it, and Travis, who 
can basically high point a ball, couldn't even high point it and catch it at the point of the catch. And so you're looking at this like, well, we both do have two quarterbacks who are struggling with accuracy, struggling to read defenses, and they're really reduced to being running quarterbacks. But with Jalen, they're going to run rollouts and RPOs more because passing game is not there yet. Whereas Carson, they're going to force him to throw because they're scared to make him healthy. So at the end of the day, Car- like Jalen can really be a starter in this league if he develops his passing game. But the Eagles aren't the team to really develop any QB at this point. You know especially just, with the offensive. You know what I just took out of all that? Yeah. The yeah. Eagles should run the ball. Yeah. yeah. With who? A running back. With the, with the guy that was averaging yeah. six Not yards a carry before they stopped giving him the ball? <laughs> <laughs> like both those both those situations to in my head yeah. you described would both of those would benefit. By you know, obviously, um, a Tannehill site situation. I mean, they don't have yeah. Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong, but um, Tennessee's offense is tailored to running, and then Tannehill has to do what he needs to do to win games, um, rather than vice versa. It's also a sweeping indictment of we Doug should be Peterson. offensive yeah. coordinators. I mean, why did Jordan Howard have eight carries last week? Why are you taking the ball out of Miles Sanders' hands for a guy who wasn't even playing football this year? I thought I stated this earlier. Doug is a buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he clearly is either inept or he's purposely – his arrogance has gone way overboard. Well, and think about it. I, I've been thinking about this. Doug and Press Taylor, they're the ones who seem to be in and calling plays. Where's everybody else? Where's Scangrello? Where's – uh, we brought Morning Week back for a little bit. Wh- wh- where's Deuce in all of this? Where, where are those we people? It it seems like it's a little click. One of them come up with a genuine game plan that helps the team score more than seventeen god darn points a game. It makes no how sense. How do we have? How do we have all these offensive minds like uh, Scangrello, like Deuce, and combining them with Doug and Carson to create a true game plan? Taylor made for Carson and Miles because, quite frankly, you take you don't make a game plan for them. The offense is stale as it is right now. We can't score. We can't move down the field because the rest of the skill players on the team. I'm so sorry, but they're just not there yet. They're not developed yet, and so you have Miles, albeit he's struggling with fumbling problems and he's struggled with injuries, but he's literally your best offensive player. And yet he's getting less carries than Zeke was at the beginning you know, of the season. You know, you know, it's so weird to me though. Like, and 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 I'm not a, the, the greatest football guy, so I don't know. But like, Greg Ward has shown he can catch a pass for multiple years. W- what is he doing? What are they doing with him? Like, he's he's not fast enough. But it, yeah. but he like, can't create long term separation unless he gets the right matchup. They've schemed them open before multiple years. Like. The, the so end of last Greg year, Ward, they were able to at least throw him the ball. Like, they can't throw anyone the ball. <laughs> anyone. They also have in no a, time to throw anyone the ball. I think I, I said it on the chat last <laughs> night. That you, he doesn't know how um, – Carson does not know how to lead a, a runner, a, a receiver. No, he, he doesn't. doesn't. No, no, no. He doesn't throw it out. He doesn't throw it to the spot. He throws it to the guy where he sees him, which now is going to be four yards behind the guy. Yeah. And then in somebody else's arms. Or when you throw it to the guy when he's already at the spot, the defense is at the spot, at too. spot too. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why the, the running game is so bad is they've had they haven't had the same line for two weeks in a row. They they it is it is ridiculous. You gotta that, that line has got to gel. It's got to be like glue in between their elbows. And they get they can't get that if you put in different players and they change the left side to the right side for this past game and put two new guys on you don't put two new guys on one side you change them on each side and doesn't help you bend over backwards to prior to Sunday's game sorry Uh, I was listening on Saturday I was listening to Jason Martinez in twelve games be Martinez what I say Martinez yeah Martinez. Whatever. He plays hockey. I'll never get his name off. Um, That's why I was confused. <laughs> That's like he's not Hispanic. <laughs> Listen. No more um, reverb. Everyone leave me alone. Um, no, he said in 12 games, 
the Eagles have had 12 different offensive line right. lineups. That's a disaster. That's insanity. And you know where it all went wrong? Bringing Peters back. Of course. I will just get that was my point. You know, I'll, I'll let you finish. But if he's not here, you just plug your backups in. Like, like you bend over backwards to, you know, acquiesce to this person who clearly can't play anymore. What are they paying? Three million, five million a It's wasted wasted money. Miles Sanders is still averaging 5.3 yards a carry. As inept as this offensive line is, he's still excelling. When given the ball, but he's getting the ball Give outside. The he's, ball. he's getting the ball in running a sweep. He's not getting the ball running in that line. He'd be crazy. It's like running into, you know, the the Germans running into Fort whatever. You know, the, the yeah, giant and then, yeah. And with with uh, in one defense, like if I'm scheming against the Eagles, I ain't worried about the run. Are you? No, they're not going to stick to. So, it. like, how much do you surprise the other team? You know, by giving him six carries a game. They're not. They don't care about them. Six but, carries a game. Six carries for thirty-six yards. They'll let them do that all game. Who cares? If you look back yeah, over, the that's Eagles, why it should be twelve and exactly. fifteen well, and eighteen. But when it when it becomes twelve, fifteen, and eighteen, then defenses start scheming against it, and then which then opens up the pass game. Yeah. Does it and play, play action? action. It, well, in so. theory, yes. In theory, that's oh, but when your when your when your receivers can't get separation, regardless, and your offensive line sucks. <laughs> and then, and then the, the play caller is a moron. Like, I don't get how like he refuses to do anything to help the players he has or plays to their strength. We've been begging him for weeks now. It's going on months to roll Carson out. Do some design runs where you can roll him out, get him out of the pocket, get away from that terrible offensive line. Refuse to do it. He puts Hurts in. The first thing he does is roll out. He knows what he's doing. He wants to make that kid look bad. Because he wants proof that it was him that won when we won, and it wasn't that kid, and it wasn't Nick Foles or anybody else. It was Doug Peterson, and I'm so smart, and look at me. And now, James Harden yeah. is not a top five yes. player. Stop it. Exactly. Now, before Bo- before Bobby blows a gasket, let's get to the Sixers, because that was huge today. We got Al Horford leaving, and we got James Harden saying, yeah, Philly, why not? So, Ashley... Thoughts on James Harden? Do not say he's a top five. Do player. you fear the beard? I'm up on you. <laughs> Look at Taylor. Taylor. I don't, I don't, I can't Our engineer Taylor. Yeah. He's, a, he's a top five player. <laughs> I thought he's top three. Top ten. <laughs> no. Top ten. Top. Top ten. Top ten. What? Top ten. What? Now? Top ten beards? I can name. I can name <laughs> ten players. Probably pretty quickly top. that I'd rather build my team around. That right doesn't now mean they're better than him. That doesn't mean they're better than okay, him. Just like, because you can name people you'd rather have. Well, yeah, that is that is two different questions. But here's the thing. <laughs> Harding has a track record of not being good enough to build your team around. And one of the reasons is My, because when we, when we look at top players, I'm sorry, Ashley, yeah. I will stop in one minute. I swear <laughs> to God, I promise. Don't believe him, Ashley. <laughs> but when we look at top players, right? When you look at the top five players, who are they? Steph, um, LeBron, AD. All these guys, their skills. When you when you get to that level of, of that superstars, like your skills are going to be, you can argue skill sets over and over again. To be that good, you need to. You, basketball needs to be your life. Like you can't, you can't, you can't tell me at thirty one you're a top five player in the league, and you're partying the night before you go to a game. You can't tell me you're a top five player in the league, and that no matter how much your team is willing to adjust, pivot, bring a new star in, bring a different star in, bring Dwight Howard in, bring Chris Paul in. Every single time, the common denominator is Harden. It, it always ends badly. It doesn't work in the playoffs. And at the end of it, nobody wants to play with him. Like, the, the guy, people don't want to talk about it, and I don't know if personally he's a cancer, but in Houston is not a good situation. And it's partly because of him. Like, if you're a teammate, for real, and, and you're sitting that minute, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're a teammate right now, and you go, "Whoa, James Harden's a top five player. He's not showing up to camp. He's in Vegas. James Harden's a top five player. Yeah. Oh, he shot. We missed twenty seven straight threes. Oh, he was at the he was at the club last night. Daryl Morey's here. Hey. I mean, just so skill wise, maybe he is, but the total package to me. 
Like it's you can't build hey, around. Hey, them. I watched that last dance documentary. I was told you can go to Vegas for a weekend, come back, win a title. Dennis Rodman was a role player. <laughs> you weren't you weren't building an entire <laughs> offense to suit Dennis Rodman's strength. All he had to do was go throw his body around and rebound. If you're going to let me hang out with Carmen Electra, I'm going to do it. Forget about basketball. The Rockets. Well, he won Rockets. <laughs> Would you trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? Ashley? I I would not, Thank honestly. You. Okay. <laughs> I, I honestly would not because – your your offense is getting run through James Harden and Joel Embiid, and I don't like that um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that simply, but I don't like that. Simply, <laughs> <laughs> what was stated about his track record about building a team and all that stuff. But Ben Simmons has gone out this off season. Granted, very short off season because of COVID. Oh. To really work on his jump shots and really build his team, and you bring in Tyrese back. No, 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 we see that no, every no, no, year. No, no, don't, no, do that. No, no, no. don't do that. Don't do that. Actually, though, I'm, I might believe it because Devin. Sam Cassell. Yeah. It didn't happen. Like he maybe he has finally improved. It took him like five years, but I think he's just he trolling there. us. Yeah, I'll tell you this. This is going to sound. People are going to crush me. Ben Simmons, no jump shot. I would not trade for James Harden. <laughs> right now, today. If Ben Simmons never took a three-point shot again, right now, today, <laughs> I would not trade for James Harden. What about like an 18-footer? No, still. If Ben oh. Simmons, if ben Simmons outside. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. From the elbows. Hit. Exactly. And, nice and Kevin McHale. 12, 12, 12 yeah. footer game. I'm, I'm what just saying. I, mean, I, I would love for it to <laughs> happen. Turn around, Don't get me wrong. And, and, and I honestly do believe it's going to happen. Um, there's certain things that I've seen Ben do throughout time. Um, mainly seeing a sports psychiatrist to want to shoot in a game. Um, and for me personally, I don't think Ben's scared. Um, when I see Ben shoot, when I see Ben in a game, he he doesn't slow the game down enough where he can catch the ball and go, I should shoot. He catches the ball and instinctually puts it down on the ground or passes the ball. Um, and I think hopefully with the sports psychiatrist um, and obviously the people like LeBron talking to him, helping him, uh, Chris Johnson, the Sam Cassells, that if he starts to slow the game down. Clutch sports in. You can, you can see mm-hmm. – because you can look at, you can watch Ben shoot. You can look at his form. You can see the shots he's taken in the game, the set shots he's taken in the game. It doesn't and realize look he terrible. Do it. Yeah. So it is yeah. mental. Um, that doesn't mean he's mentally lot, weak. Yeah, it's just instinctually he doesn't do it. As far as his impact on the game, um, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take my five years of Ben's possible ceiling instead of my two years of. Um, a 32-year-old declining James Harden who has never proven that you, you can really count on him. I mean, I mean like, they, they were a three-point team. They went 0 for 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's never going to let that down. To end the series. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, what else has he done? Yeah, and, like, he flames out in the playoffs. And I, I, love, I, I like his game. And if, if, Harden, if you can get Harden to Philly without – trading Ben, I'm all for it. Because there's certain parts of Harden's games that are completely underrated, i.e. passing. Um, I think Ben would thrive. Make sure you read Rob's article on how to get Harden. If it <laughs> I, think you, I think they would thrive with uh, Harden being able to pass to a cutting Ben. If like, it's he t- hasn't Tobias, uh, Maxi, Matisse, yes, yes, and, and yes, two firsts. Yes, 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 yes. yes. One first. You don't, you won't have. Here's the thing. Okay, you, I like. I'm okay with one first. You won't have. You won't have to do that. Um, I, I think too often in the NBA and as fans, we want to look at a player and think that a player's value is the same as their trade value. Um, it's not, and it's not even close. Um, you won't have to. I don't think they're gonna. You're gonna have multiple picks and multiple players. Um, good players. Multiple good players. You'll have multiple players to make salary work, yeah. or whatever. But when you look at when you look at like Harden's value is higher than his trade value, 
And right now, his trade value is not high because 25 of the 30 teams aren't going to trade for him because they're not taking the risk of giving up their future assets or young players for him to come in and go, I don't really want to be here. I'll play 50% for two years. So you're looking at a select few teams that are willing to trade for him, um, which is fine. Like, it's smart. Like, somebody brought mm-hmm. up OKC, Jason brought up OKC. Why would you do that? Why would OKC? Is OKC winning a championship with Harden in two years? No. Like, so why would you do that? Um, and then him just being disgruntled on a max deal like he is, um, and and aging. And then when I listened to the low post yesterday, there's there's some other concerns that they were saying he has. Yeah. So when I say, like, I think people were really getting mad at me because they thought I was dissing Harden. Me saying Harden is now a top 15 player at 31 years old is not a diss. It's not. It's just an understanding that father time, that younger players are getting better, older players aren't as good, and he's proven that he's not really the guy you can lean on, to me. So, I mean, if you called me a top 15 NBA player, is that a diss? That's not a diss. That's, yeah. like, that's actually really, really good, you know, especially at 31. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you'll have to do both. Yep, and that's Rob saying Father Time has come for James Harden and Father Time has come for this edition, I think, of Write the Radio. Oh, yeah, we getting kicked off? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've done our hour or so, yeah. just about. So, Ashley, do you have anything to talk about, anything to plug? I know you stepped in. You did our Eagles recap this week. Anything else coming down the pike? Thank you very much, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am looking on a top five. I smacked it. <laughs> um, Highlights from the college career via people excited about Tyree Matthew. Um, I might also work up a tennis huddle here and there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but my socials, if I want that, all across the board, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, even though I don't TikTok, it's <laughs> Ashley M. Woods. A-S-H-L-E-E-M-W-O-O-D-S. You'll find me on Eagles Twitter. I've been banned and blocked by half of them. You'll find me. <laughs> Welcome to the you club. Know, you'll know who it is. <laughs> do you use Reddit? I do not use Reddit. Good. I, um, yeah. <laughs> Don't start. Yeah. Don't let those XFL people <laughs> tell you to start using Reddit. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Wow. Our man Bobby Dubs. What do you got Yo, going no, on? At Youngsput1385 on Twitter. Rob the Writer on Instagram. I'm always on there. As always, every week with the Birds Nest preview, I'll preview every matchup. If it's not me doing the recap, uh, it'll probably be Ashley or one of my other Eagles writers. But uh, you can always catch me in Donovan McNabb's mentions. <laughs> He's got a little beef with me right now, but uh, that's where you can catch me. Best quarterback in franchise history. Oh, yeah. Read the Jalen Hurts piece. Just came <laughs> out today. Jalen Hurts, the new star. Read the Jalen Hurts piece and go on Amazon and, and buy find the book. Buy the book. Hope, Hope over Hurt. Hurt. <laughs> Rob Manoff. You can find me at Manoff RM on Twitter. I have no idea what I'll be writing next. Um, I try to like come up with real, like real cool ideas mm-hmm. and like fresh pieces and stuff. And um, you've been keeping up. You've been keeping enough, up with the Sixers yeah, post game so, or so the press for, conferences. Fortunately enough, right now um, we're able to get some media access. You know, maybe two or three times a week with the Sixers. So that's generally what I'm doing. So um, I mean, I would never expect anything like mind-blowing to come out f- from me to begin with but uh james harden hate peace <laughs> i you know what i thought about it i really did um make ben simmons better ben but ben doesn't have to shoot well that and yeah. that's what i'm talking about i want harden here with ben and joel but we'll get into that another time so man off rm on twitter um i'll keep you up with sixers news sixers pr releases and any media availability we can do for now um and that's it. That's all I got. And Brian Doherty. Uh, find me Brian Doc, Facebook, Instagram, at the Yellow Seats on Twitter. Um, more Louis stuff coming out soon. Plus, uh, I got another music poll coming out. And uh, whatever else I can find available, college sports, um, if they ever play, you know, in the area again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And that's about it. Okay. Well, make sure you keep up with all of them and keep up with Last Out Media itself at Last Out Media on across the boards. Wait, who are you? Yeah, what about you? Oh, yeah. And then, then there's me. <laughs> you there's, got some writing to do. Yeah. Uh, I am Matt Maritea. You can find me at mmaritea22 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I did something yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Uh, we Only didn't fans. touch on it today. Um, but uh, the passing of Dick Allen, I wrote something up a little bit on that. I'm going to have something uh, coming out maybe tonight or what, it will be live whenever you listen to this on Danny Garcia's future, where he should go from here. Uh, I think it's at being a gatekeeper at 147. That's the safest thing for him. Don't go to 154. No, you're crazy. Do you're too small. Uh, but there'll be plenty of stuff on the way. Flyer signed Phil Myers while we were doing this, so I'll have that write up pretty soon. Will you have the promo Feetfinder.com? Will you have any Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus the YouTube guy pieces? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, I refuse. <laughs> and there's another touch of fight coming around. Was it who, who's the other other? Uh, World champion wants to fight him. Holyfield. Holyfield called him out. Holyfield, yeah. Now, if that happens, I'm all over it. <laughs> Tyson and real deal, that's... Have you seen... That's... I'm in. Have you seen Jamie Foxx? No, a, as Tyson, he looks yeah, good. There was like yeah. a, a, a picture that leaked, though. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good show. He, good movie. He, I mean, the man can do any impression, so I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, look forward to us. Keep up with us on Twitter, and stay tuned. See you.